The antidote is at Audio Feed, meeting with Jillian Ivy, best known in the mailboxes. Thanks for joining The Antidote. Hi, thanks for having me. I looked up your band on social media, and I had a huge surprise. I've driven over 8,000 kilometers as part of our travels to come here to Audio Feed, but that's nothing compared to what you guys had been planning about hiking the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's wild because it's what 2,000 miles yeah over 2,000 miles Um, but we really were excited about hiking and we always are trying to find new ways to share our art and share music because sometimes we get bored of the typical touring and show playing and we always just kind of want to shake things up for ourselves and make sure we're doing things that we're excited about and so hiking the AT became something we were really excited about doing and we wanted to make it happen so this isn't like some act of penance oh not at all it was just for fun Total fun. Well, taking on that kind of a journey, it makes me wonder if you look at music as just being a part of your life experience instead of being the focus. Yeah, I, for us, for Logan and I, who Logan's my husband, who's also in the band, um, for us, music is more of a way to connect with other people. It's not like our main focus in life, but we just really enjoy it. And so nothing we do is out of a forced, we have to do this, but just like we're excited about music and we want to play music for people And it's something, you know, we find that connects us with others and helps us connect with ourselves as well. I always want to hear about the roots of a band. So how did it all begin for the mailboxes? Well, um, gosh, long story. So I started writing songs when I was pretty little. It's just kind of been a part of me. I love to sing and I'm terrible at remembering lyrics to songs. So I just make up my own songs. And in high school, it became more apparent, like, oh, this is really fun. Like, you know, you start listening to bands. And I got excited about that medium of music as like a band, you know, and creative songwriters. Um, And you kind of hear something, you're like, that's something that I would be interested in doing. So I think when you listen to something or experience something, it, it inspires you to kind of do a similar thing. And I think that's a lot how art works. So I was writing songs in high school and also just mostly performing like at church um my parents were always like pastors or worship leaders and um i didn't have an opportunity to kind of sing creatively until like high school when i would do like talent shows and then when i was a senior i had some friends who were like do you want to play in a band together and i was like yes like this is exactly what i want to be doing so we like got together and passed some songs along and they were like we like your songs let's do those and i was like okay and we needed a band name and we would just kind of joke around and name everything that we saw and one day we saw a mailbox together and I was like we should be the mailboxes and I just loved it and it like I went home I drew a picture of a mailbox and like the little logo and wrote letters on it because I thought I liked the way songs could be like letters you were writing to people or messages and I liked that mailboxes are a very common thing it's just kind of a vessel for a message and I don't feel like I'm some like message creator but more of like I hold a message or receive a message and it's this way of communicating and connecting and I find the way songs come to me is just more like inspiration. But you are so retro I mean mailbox is like mailing a letter it's like sure it's email even that's almost gone. So really are you living in the past? No I don't think so I think the name you know Obviously, like, people are like, oh, you know, do you like writing letters? And I'm like, no, it's more of a metaphor. 
I love making cards for people, so I guess that's true. But I generally like make cards for people and hand them to them. But for me at the time, it just was like this is what inspired me. Just like when a song comes to you, or like even like the idea of hiking the AT in Little Lavender, it just feels like inspiration. So it's not like I'm some genius that came up with the name the mailboxes. It's just like right place, right time, connected to me and felt meaningful. And now I have used that ever since high school to be any place that I play music because I didn't like the idea of being Jillian Spears, which was my name at the time before I married Logan. And um, Jillian Ivy's a pretty cool name though. Maybe I'll switch that to that later, just kidding. But um, yeah, and then college, I just played a lot by myself and then had different friends come in. Logan was one of those friends. So we met, dated, um, but we were in separate bands. He was actually a lead vocalist in like heavy metal music. If you've seen him, that makes a lot of sense. He's got like tattoo sleeves and stretched ears and he's like this big ominous That's guy. Right. He looks like Brian Head Welch. Yeah, but he's like the sweetest person in the world. And when I started touring after college, like getting friends to come on the road with me, that's when Logan and I were married and he just was like, you know, I think we should do this together. I think it'd be more fun. We're having a hard time getting other people to commit to the music as much as we want to do it. So then it became the two of us. And you forced him to convert from being a metalhead. <laughs> I did not force him. It was his idea, guys. Totally his idea. I actually didn't believe him because he was in my band in college and quit twice. So I was like, okay, you can be in the band if you want to. <laughs> um, Logan's not feeling well. He's at home. We were on the Appalachian Trail and we think he's got some sort of tick-borne illness, but we're not sure. And then he's just been going through a lot, like physically and mentally and had to last minute not come on the tour. But our friends, Esther and Liz are with me, which makes it a lot more bearable. Um, I'm thankful for technology because I can text him and bother him every day, make sure he's okay. He's really sad he's not here. So internet coverage on the Appalachian Trail is really good, is it? Oh my gosh, you never don't have service. <laughs> it's Well, that's not completely true, but pretty much like we were on the John Muir Trail uh, last year in August, no service. Like our families almost sent out like helicopters, like two weeks, no service. They thought we had died and we were totally fine. But um, on the AT, it's like everywhere there's service. So it's cool because you're able to share like as you go, like we shared a lot on Instagram, like specifically it was like the biggest um, place we like shared stories and pictures and then it would go to Facebook and Twitter even. And people just love following AT journeys and like, I didn't realize that until we were out there and everyone's like, we're living vicariously through you. And like, we love the lavender or we hate the lavender. And we're like, okay, <laughs> but it was fun. And you know, when you have like people that don't like what you're doing, you're doing something probably good. <laughs> well, over my journeys of the last three weeks, you know, internet and cell service has virtually been non-existent. Okay, but let's get into important things. Yeah. Lavender, why lavender? Well, when I started touring with the mailboxes originally i studied art in college and i'm just really into performance I, I also studied theater we started wearing primary colors so red yellow and blue and like me and my band at the time um who are some of my best friends did our first tour and that's like the colors we would wear at all our shows and so primary is cool because it's like these are the basics you know first album basics right i've been planning this record that we just released in april for a long time and I knew that I really loved the color themes and I thought, well, we did primary colors, let's do secondary colors, which are orange, purple, and green. But I didn't really like orange that much and I loved the idea, like I love the shades of like light purple and dark green. So I knew for a long time, like, okay, my vision is lavender and dark green for the next album. 
Um, and then just kind of like as I was writing songs and coming together with the themes of the album and how it would come together, that was just in the back of my mind. And then Logan, a couple years ago, right when we got off like this month long tour, it was like our first really long tour together. We went out west and back and we came home and we were like, let's make our album now. Like this is going to be our first album together where we're like, we're both the entities of the band. And he had a really bad work accident and broke both of his arms. Mm. So two years ago, we were at Audio Feed and Logan, well, he was there, but he couldn't play drums because his arms were broken like really badly, like a wrist and an elbow. Like if you break an arm, you don't want to break a joint. And so he had surgery and it was a really long recovery. So like we went from like, let's make an album to like, let's make sure Logan like heals and is well. And while he was recovering is when we started getting into hiking because he needed a vision of like something he could focus on. And he was like, you know, I've always really wanted to hike the John Muir Trail and my legs work fine. <laughs> so could we plan that? And I was like, yes, like anything to make you happy. <laughs> you don't want to tell a broken armed man who can't like work or play drums or make art, which is like his life, that we can't go on a hike. And I'd never done anything like that before, but... I was like, I know I want to be with you. Like, I know I want to, if you go, I'm going to go. We started planning all year. And then while we were planning the hike, we were planning the album at the same time. So they just became this like, oh, like we want to keep hiking, but we also want to tour. I had these ideas for these colors and the songs were pretty much finished. I knew what I was going to do. And I was like, what if we did like an art hike? Like what if hiking was more than hiking and we wore like one color completely kind of like our band had worn in the past because I just thought that would be so beautiful like being out in the wilderness but like having like completely monochrome <laughs> I just was really excited by that idea and brought it to Logan and just developed into what it was we're like well then we could like actually play music on the trail like what if we brought instruments and what if we played for people and then I started to create the artistic vision behind it so it was almost like working backwards it was like these are the colors I'm going to use and then it became the album is called inside outside and so lavender was to re represent like inside like your internal world your internal struggles like searching for who you are and why you are the way you are and the things that um, affect your life internally and then dark green was external and like the things that happen in your life like breaking your arms or you know like it could be positive you know or like marrying logan green makes a lot of sense for external because nature and lavender makes a lot of sense for internal because i think Lavender is like this very creative and human color. Like it makes you think of like both beauty, but also creativity, but also like comfort. Like humans really love comfort and they want to protect themselves. And so I just had this thought and was like, oh, it can be this big metaphor. And then hiking the ATs, like the green is the external. And then like, we're bringing ourselves, which is the purple to everyone. We're saying, these are our songs. This is us inside. And we're trying to show it to you outside. And so, yeah, and we just got really excited and started to work and make it happen. I don't remember the colors of your first release, but why don't we just touch on that for a minute? Because you had your first EP, Postscript, and you had this fun, cheery little song called Wake Up. Uh -huh. How similar is your early music to what you're creating now? Well, Wake Up is not even our first. That's our second. So we have an album called Red Flags that I recorded when I was in college. My senior year of college, it was the first thing that came out. And like, everything is always based on songwriting. So I'm a songwriter. I'm not necessarily like a stylized band entity. And I, ha I have a lot of different tastes in music, but it definitely is always pop. But the first record I think is more organic. It has more like 
piano sounds and acoustic guitar sounds and just like that's the basis of that album because that's what I had access to growing up like Mm -hmm. I had a piano and I had an acoustic guitar and it was all like live drums and you work with what you have and that was like the style I'd been used to playing and so that was the style of that record and obviously it's not folk music because you'd think more like guitar bass but definitely a little more folksy with the first record and then the postscript ep came after that and i don't know it has its own style too it's almost like the middle of like where our next album went so it kind of got a little more production and a little more of like weird quirky things that i was interested in like i think i had more to do with that album than the first record i had like my older brother and his friends kind of helped me produce it and it was a lot of their style going into it and then the second album I, I had like more of a hand in where it went stylistically and now the third album has been definitely like logan and i did like all the music for it like we played the instruments and like had the vision for the songs and i wrote the songs but logan had a huge hand in stylistically what happened and logan's a great support and help to me because it's not a battle with us. He's like, I always want to make the most Jillian thing that we can. Like, I want to, <laughs> he always like tries to emphasize more like my style and help bring it out of me instead of it being a battle. Cause you know, it's hard to be yourself and you're always wondering what other people think. But when you have someone on your side, that's like, no, like be yourself, like do what you think you should do. Like don't question. And so the most recent album is definitely like the most us that it's been. Not that those other albums weren't me, I really like them. It's just like um, I had more of a hand in the production in the last one. And also your style changes for sure. It's still very keyboard based, but I'm also playing electric guitar on it myself. And some of it has like electronic drums. You see the mailboxes being labeled as indie dream pop, but really that's not all that accurate because I've been picking up a number of different styles on the new release. Yeah, I agree. I think finding a genre for us is really hard because we don't fit into like a niche genre or like a genre that's like, this is exactly what we are. A lot of times we try to say art pop because we like to bring Mm -hmm. in more elements than just music into what we do, like with the hiking and like the performance art. Or like even at our shows before we did the hike, we were always trying to do different things that would be more unique to every show so that wouldn't be the same every time. Like one show that Logan and I had this ridiculous vision for is we we bought... (laughs) a humongous cardboard box like I'm talking like bigger than us like we could have fit inside the box like it was really big and we were looking to find one but we couldn't find one big enough we brought it on stage with us and it was literally just Logan and I and then the box in between and we wrote with crayon magic box on the outside of it and during our set with theme with our songs like different things would be coming out of the box like bubbles or like like a paper towel with like writing on it to go with like our song calculations or like balloons or um paper airplanes uh, one time Logan put his drumsticks in and like out came like drumsticks that were the size of baseball bats and he had to play a song with them. So we're just always trying to think of different ways to, to not only make the show interesting for other people, but for ourselves. Cause like I said, music is like a, a vessel for us to like connect with other people. So if we go to a show and we make no connection and we just play it and we leave, that doesn't seem like successful to us. We like want someone to come and be like why did you do that or like like I really liked that whether it's like a negative or a positive reaction we just want to connect and we want people to engage with our art and we find that doing more exciting things for ourselves helps that happen 
Well, talk about that songwriting experience. Is it natural for you, or is it something you sort of have to drive yourself to complete? Um, I think it's natural for me, but I think a lot of really good songwriters do push themselves really hard. And I think you just have to come to terms with your style and who you are as an artist, because for me, I'm definitely a comparative person. So growing up, you know, you'd hear something and you're like, well, I'm like that, that must be good. Or like you hear something, and you're like, well, I'm not like that. Maybe I should be more like that. I'm definitely interested in pushing myself, but with songwriting, it is something that's always been really natural for me. Not that it all comes at once, but I don't like to, I don't like to push songs. I like to let them come to me. So like I might write a song really quickly in one, in one session and I'll be like, wow, that was really fast. Or I might, you know, write a verse and be like, well, I don't have anything left right now. And then like a month or even a year later, I'm like, oh, this is where that is coming from. So every song has a different journey and I kind of allow the songs to do that because I think sometimes when I force writing, it's generally not my favorite writing, but when it's something that I'm just like, oh, that's the right piece. And I think though, to be able to write songs, you have to be actively open to songs and you have to be practicing your instrument and singing, you know, and listening to other music. It helps when those things are around you. Like I wouldn't expect to write a song if I never listened to music or I never played music or I never sang. So I think inspiration and finding inspiration in your life or sometimes it's not even inspiration. Sometimes I think songwriting is a way for me to process things that I that I don't know how to process any other way. Like I'll write a song and I'll be like, oh, that's what I think about that. And that's how I feel. And you're allowing yourself to feel the things you might think you're not supposed to feel. Some people like to write diaries and I like to write songs. I guess a little bit earlier I had mentioned about that dream pop label, but some of your songs really make it sound like the dreams aren't always happy. <laughs> I mean, the overall impression I get from Inside Outside is that growing up and taking on responsibilities are a struggle. But let's just look at it from a bit of an abstract point. Are people's lives simply too structured? Um, you talking about the struggle, and I think everyone has a lot of different types of struggles. And for me, Inside Outside, it's me sharing my experience, but a lot of people can relate to that experience or they have their own experiences that aren't ex the exact same, but are similar or their own struggles. And I think growing up for me has been being honest and open with those struggles. I don't know. I feel like I really enjoy being an adult because of the growth I've seen whenever you invest in yourself and you face your, your problems and you're honest with yourself and you work on those things. That's, I think, been the most satisfying thing in my life as far as seeing my own personal growth. But in order to get there, I think you have to really be open with yourself and open with your struggles, both the joy and the difficulties. Um, are people's lives too structured? I don't know. My life, I would like to be structured, <laughs> but it's not, you know, and that's been the struggle is like, I thought like, no, I want everything to go a certain way and I want it to feel good. I want my plans to like, feel like I've done something and I can move forward you know I feel like school was training grounds for me for like structure and following what I'm supposed to do and I was really good at that because I'm I'm a nerd and I love following the rules and um you know people liking me because I'm good at following the structure but when I grew up life wasn't like that and being a musician and being an artist isn't like that at all but it was like well I really like doing this though and I find the most life doing this and I find I'm most passionate about doing this, so I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But it's not as easy as, you know, some other paths might be. But I think even people that choose 
other more structured paths, their lives don't always follow the structure either. And so inside outside is just about how life just doesn't go according to plan. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly having to reevaluate. And I think some people without maybe as many struggles or maybe that ignore the struggles, they might not grow as much. And I'm a person that definitely values growth. The struggles have been awful, but the struggles have been what has made me who I am and has developed more character and more patience and and just a feeling of security within myself because I haven't been able to look to the structure to give me security. I've had to look to, you know, an internal structure mm-hmm. more so. And But I think everyone deals with that. I don't think even someone who doesn't have an artistic lifestyle can be going through very similar things. You just spoke about reevaluating, and that aspect certainly comes out on the song Calculations. Mm-hmm. It talks about doing everything you're supposed to which doesn't always improve your life. In the song, you say, I've made calculations. Can I uncalculate them? So can you? I think for me, that song came out of a place of your internal psyche is based out of like all these things you've experienced in your life. So from a child, you're you're learning to survive by learning the rules of the world. And oftentimes, if you don't fit in those structures, it's going to be more difficult for you. And so even as an adult, you carry those with you, like things your mother told you to do and things your church told you to do and things your teachers told you to do and looking at magazines and them telling you what's the appropriate way to behave or TV shows. You have all these things outside of yourself that are determining your thoughts of who you should be and how you should become and what's valuable. And everyone has that and everyone has a different set of calculations of um, who they want to be. And as I was growing older, And in college, you know, you start questioning a lot of that. But even as you question it, that doesn't mean they go away. So I came to this point where I was like, I don't want to value this, but I really still do. I wouldn't say like, oh, I I don't value money that much. But then I become an adult and I'm like, well, I'd really like to like have nice things. And, you know, I see my friends, they have like plants and like nice furniture and, you know, art on their walls. And that costs money. You, You know, you can't just say like, oh, I don't care about money. And you have to have money to replace those shoes you're wearing out on the trail. <laughs> exactly. Or just, you know, you don't realize that, you know, you think at a certain point you should be a certain place. And even though in one side of my brain I thought, no, that's not true. Another side of my brain was saying, no, like this is important. And in that song it talks about self-image. That's a really easy one to talk about. So like growing up, you don't want to have self-image issues, but many people do based off of society and like what they think like I should be thinner or I should be this or that or a lot of people have insecurities from their families and like my mother I think instilled a lot of things in me that made me think like oh like I need to worry about my weight and I need to worry about my health per se but really it's about appearances and so as a grown-up I thought I don't want to care about that but I still found myself caring about that a lot and so it actually takes active work even if you don't want to care about something it takes active work to undo that bias you have towards yourself and towards other people, I think. And so uncalculating, I think, is definitely doable, but it's a process. And that's what Inside Outside is about, is you have to actually search internally. You have to search externally and be observant and also be wondering, like, why do I think this way? Is it correct? Do I like that? And then you have to actively work to undo, I think, things you don't want to believe anymore. Just to switch things around a bit, Since the antidote looks at everything through a Christian lens, I want to ask the question, does faith influence your worldview? For me, it's very impossible for it not to. I think I grew up in 
the Christian faith and my dad is a pastor and my mom um, leads worship and that has influenced like everything for me growing up. Um, and even the way I look at the world now, I think is very influenced by that and like by my relationship with Jesus or God. I don't know. I'm at a, a really interesting point in my faith where I feel like a lot of structure has been taken out of it, but I've been really enjoying the ability of searching for myself instead of necessarily um, falling under a structure, which is funny. We've been kind of talking about that. I've just like led worship in churches my whole life and I found it very sometimes challenging like in high school years and college years but I found a really beautiful small church that I went to like in college and when Logan and I were first married that offered a lot of hope and like help to me and community to me that I loved and have always been interested in finding how does my faith you know influence my music how does my faith influence everything that I do um, my marriage my friendships and um I remember when I first started making music or like made the mailbox's first album, I was really concerned because I was like, well, this isn't worship music. Like, this isn't like our God is an awesome God like 20 times. And I was like, is this bad? Like, am I doing something like, do I need to only make music that is like worshipful or like talking about how good God is? Um, but that just like wasn't the music that was coming to me. And um, I just remember in my head, like, I guess for me, it was like, this is what I thought God was telling me at the time was just like, well, do you think like that I couldn't have inspired like the songs that you made now? And do you think that like I couldn't use that? And I was just like, well, I guess you're right. And I feel okay doing this now. And I think pursuing music has been hugely like part of my faith and like undoing what I thought was okay to be as a musician and as an artist, you know, I just think God is a creative being. And so I find that my creativity comes directly from a place of my faith. It's really hard to get even out of that spot where I'm not like just constantly talking to God or wondering, I don't know. And I found like even hiking was a really beautiful thing in my faith that has helped me grow a lot as a person. And there are some solids in there, but yeah, I'm always thinking about how faith affects every aspect of my life. So. I think what was fun about your music is that Jelly, you were really self-revealing. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting with one of your songs because you talk about going back to your old house on the song MySpace. <laughs> if you could, would you really want to go back in time? Well, so I went back to visit my old home that I grew up in. It was the house that I most identify with, like, my childhood and my family. And even, like, Logan and I lived in that house when we were first married. And my parents were selling it. And they were like, do you want to come back and see the house? And I was like, no, why would I want to say goodbye to a house? Like, that's it's a house. Like, it's not a big deal. And she was like, well, you have some things here. Come pick them up. So I, like, went. And, like, I'm so nostalgic. So I don't know why I thought, like, this was going to be fine and easy. I'm always surprising myself. It's, like, the same thing where it's, like, you think one thing, but you believe another thing. So I thought seeing this house was not going to be a big deal. But I deep in my, like, belief, it's like, oh, no, like, houses are not just houses they're like memories and they're like they represent much more than just a building and I went and like walked through the rooms and like like all the songs I'd written there and like all the experiences I'd had there like major life experiences you know heartbreaks and family problems and family memories of like holidays and just like was surprised at how much it affected me and I think for me it was like oh this is like the end of an era like, my family doesn't have a space anymore. And, like, I didn't have a place I felt comfortable anymore. Like, I was newly married, and Logan and I hadn't really been settled in yet, and I didn't feel like I had another home yet. 
and like change is really hard for me I'm just gonna be honest like I tell myself I love change and I love different things and then I change something and I'm like ah I miss what was before (laughs) and it's just that comfort but you're not able to stay in the same place and I think it's okay though to mourn that and to so I went home and I was just weeping and I was like why am I weeping like I don't know why I'm crying like this is just a house like it's not a big deal and like just like went to the piano and like everything like came out and it was very ballady yeah just realizing that this was more to me than that and and objects can mean more and represent more to you so yeah it wasn't necessarily that I was crying about the house being sold but it was just about like the place I was in and I was in a lot of discord in my life and I wanted that house represented home that house represented safety to me and that was like a big thing like oh like I need to be safe in myself I need to be at home in myself I'm holding on to these things as like these hold who I am and how I feel but realizing like I could be at home in any place if I like had a home inside of myself um but I don't know I don't think I would go to the past I, I'm definitely like super nostalgic and I I used to struggle a lot with like going over memories and being really sad about things changing, but I'm definitely more trying to be actively in the present and realizing the beauty of just being where I am right now, which I think is that literally how the record ends. It's like every day is another chance to be right here because you can't look ahead. You don't know what's going to be tomorrow. There's nothing wrong with reflecting or planning for the future, but I like to live mostly in the present now. I've mentioned about sad songs on Inside Outside, but it's not all sad. It does get emotional because you do the song Every Day is a Holiday. (laughs) I mean, what a great love song. But here's the question. Did you just write that to make Logan cry? (laughs) No. Logan wouldn't cry at that song anyway. He just (laughs) makes fun of me for it because... So, like... I love holidays and I love special things and special occasions and I like people making a big deal of my birthday and Logan's the exact opposite. He's like, I don't want to like make a fuss over a day. Like, I don't want to be forced to feel happy when I'm not happy, you know? And so he just has this angst against it. And um, that was like a real place of contention in our marriage, you know, like, I want you to do something nice for my birthday, you know, or like, I want this and that. And like, we'd had some like fights about it and the... It's funny now, but one birthday, Logan tried to make me a cake that went very badly. <laughs> and I was like really rude to him about it, apparently. I thought I was being funny, but I was being rude. And I was just like, oh my goodness, you couldn't even make the cake right. And he was very upset. And he decided that I couldn't have any more birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> so he told me my birthday was canceled, which he held true to for a whole year because Logan is very committed to anything. Um, he will stick with it. And so when I kind of came to this point where I was like, well, like I could be sad that Logan doesn't like holidays or I could be happy that he wants to make every day an enjoyable day for us. And every day, you know, is beautiful and can have good experiences. Like I don't have to wait till Christmas to get excited. And often holidays can be very disappointing and difficult for people because we have all these expectations, which I definitely struggle with. I have like an expectation and then I get disappointed. So I leave these impossible standards for myself and everyone else and like, well, we're gonna be happy on Christmas and if we're not happy, then Christmas is ruined. So um, every day was a holiday was kind of me apologizing for (laughs) the birthday cake incident and also just realizing that I was really happy to be with Logan and that 
I love having him as a supportive partner and how we get to do so many things together, like play music and travel and tour and like how many people get to do that with their spouse. So that was what that song came from. And yeah, I I don't think he cries to it. I think he knows he's loved. He doesn't need songs to tell him that. But it, I do love that snarky song. I think it's it like fills this like happy sappy void but then is also like but we're not perfect and you know we have our own issues and kind of playing at our relationship and I think that's really important is to be honest with yourself and you know but also like be madly in love and realize that you're really lucky funny thing about this interview is that I could have really condensed this down tightly by just beginning with my final question because really all these questions are virtually all answered on the title track from Inside Outside can you describe the song? Oh my gosh, Inside Outside is like this crazy magical song that's really, I don't know, it's people that hear it either love it or they're like, wow, you really went for it. Because <laughs> it's just got these really interesting time signatures. But I wanted to have a song that embodied the record and like was almost like an ending cap. And um, I think it's just really fitting that the beginning is like, all I know is at the beginning of the record, which is just like, like, this is all I know. It's like, I don't know. But then every day is a holiday is like, well, here are some things that I'm trying to work towards. Like, I've gone through all these lessons in adulthood and like, I'm trying to be who I want to be. And like, I've decided who I want to be or some of these things. And the, the chorus is I want to get my inside outside. So it's just saying like, I don't want to be stuck in my head, but I do want to get things done. But I don't only want to be like all action, and not thought about who I am. So trying to find a balance of, you know, I'm thinking about who I am, but I'm also balancing that with motion and action. And I'm not going to get, you know, stuck in my head about everything I should do, but I'm going to put some thought into it and I'm going to be okay with trying and I'm going to be okay with failing. And I want to be childlike, which I think is a theme in the record. Like mortgages even says like, I want to be a kid. And that's not to say that I really do want to be a kid, but I want to go back to like the innocence and the carefreeness of childhood with the like taking on the responsibilities of adulthood. I think Inside Outside is just saying like, I want to be a free adult that is caring and loving, but also thoughtful and willing to be weird and willing to be eccentric and be the most myself I can be. And I wanted that song to just be something that excited people. So it's definitely very like upbeat and something that I hope like people will learn. And then like, we're all like singing it together. So that's kind of what the vision was for that song. And I think it came together really well and expresses like what I wanted the album to be about. So I guess we've been speaking here with the weird Jillian Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. Anyway, thanks for coming to The Antidote, Jillian. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me.